Hey, good Saturday morning to you. My name is Mike. I'm your host for the FBTV podcast. Also, I'm the uh, lead consultant at Tautoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com, if you want to check us out there. We'll be talking more about Tautoa later on uh, in this podcast. Saturday morning, you know what that means. It's a live stream on YouTube. We do it every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Now, <laughs> to clarify, yeah, it is live stream occasionally, most most Saturdays. But there will be some Saturdays I'll be out on the road. I should say out on the water fishing. You know how it goes. But we're going to be taking you with us a lot of these uh, uh, trips. Uh, taking you in the Tautoa RV. Taking you out on the uh, Tautoa boat. For lack of a better term. <laughs> but anyway, you'll be able to join us. But uh, every Saturday morning, this podcast is a... Uh, well, we live stream it on YouTube. We also have a podcast every Wednesday that you can listen to via your favorite podcasting app. doesn't matter what it is. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, whatever it might be, you'll find us. Just do a search for Freight Broker TV. Saturday mornings, uh, Q&A. It's Q&A day. Every Saturday morning, Q&A. Even if we're not going to be here live, we will still have the podcast video posted on YouTube. Okay. So keep that in mind. Now, Q&A. If you've got questions, we've got the answers. Send them to us. You can send them to us at FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Plenty of forms on our website. Just fill one out. Submit it with your question. You can even find us on uh, Skype. Do a search for FBTV and uh, send it to us. Well, add us. Send it to us. You can call us, too, on the uh, Skype app. FBTV. Just do a search. Okay, you know what, you know what, my coffee, I like my coffee, got my big mug, my travel mug, but if you didn't know, man, we have these super cool, what you talking about, what you talking about, Willis, these super cool uh, FBTV podcast mugs that are available from our website, <clears throat> you'll find those on our website at FreightBrokerTV.com. All right, it's May 7th, Saturday. Today is free comic book day. Really? Where? Free? Actually? I, I, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not a comic book collector or anything like that, but I find it hard to believe that a comic book store would be uh, giving away free comic books. Possible. But anyway, drone day. Drone. It's drone day. Here where I'm at, it's Target Practice Day. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Auctioneers Day as well. Fuel prices, they're up. We all know that. We're not going to talk about that. We talked about that Wednesday. Got an impossible question for you. 28% of people will do this over the next few months. What is it? 28% of people will do this over the next few months. What might that be? Hmm? All right, we got a lot of things to uh, go over today, along with our uh, non-transportation stuff. But let's hop right into uh, Q&A day. Hmm? This question came from Dan. Dan, you got an email from us too, because well, felt like it might be pretty, might be needing an answer to this one pretty quick. But we're going to answer you too, just in case. Anyway, Dan says hi. 
What is in your broker packet when you send it to a shipper or a carrier? You got two packages. A lot of you already know this. A shipper packet and a carrier packet. Your shipper packet will contain only the documents that you want to send to that shipper, the customer, whoever's ordering the loads or the truck. Carrier, they get a similar package, but it's going to be a little bit different. Shipper package, what's going to be in that? It's going to be a copy of your authority. You're licensed to operate as a freight broker. A copy of your bond. Insurance, if you have insurance. Now, a broker is not required to carry insurance, but we've talked about this quite a few times. Uh, three types of insurance you'll probably want to look into. Contingent cargo. Contingent auto liability. And errors and omissions. Not required to be not not required if you are a broker. But probably want to look into a contention cargo. That uh, extra piece of paper, that extra document showing you a proof of insurance when you send that to a customer makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. They see insurance, they're happy. And your completed W nine. That's going to make up your shipper packet. Now <laughs> You can put whatever you want to in it, but those are the main documents that the uh, customer is going to be looking for. My recommendation is keep it simple. Follow the KISS rule. Keep it simple, stupid. The uh, <clears throat> What I mean by that, uh, I've seen a lot of brokers, they really put way too much into their shipper packet, even their carrier packet too, but they, they put uh, promotional material. They... They put in things in there about how great they are, about this and that. The customer doesn't care. At this point, if, they, if they've asked you for your, your packet, your shipper package, your shipper information, your, load, your documentation, uh, they, they're already sold. See what I mean? You've already sold them. They are not looking for a whole bunch of sales material. They are looking for the essential information they need. That's going to be your authority, bond, your W-9 and insurance. That's what they're looking for because understand all we're doing is attaching that shipper packet to an email and we are sending it to that customer. Well, that's all we had to do for the most part. Yeah, we're going to enter them into our TMS and such, but that, that customer, they're going to have to, you know, probably print it out, file it, enter it into their system, get approval, whatever it might be. So they have you set up in their system so they can start sending you information. All right. Anyway, that's your shipper packet, Dan. Now let's talk about the carrier packet. Carrier packet is pretty similar, but a little bit different. <clears throat> carrier packet will contain <clears throat> the broker-carrier agreement. That broker-carrier agreement is a contract it's known as a continuing contract, but we call it the broker-carrier agreement because you are setting, uh, you're setting the foundation for future work or then moving your loads. There are thousands of these out there on the Internet. You can, uh, if you don't have one, you can download, look at. A lot of brokers make their own. They accumulate a lot, and they, they, they create their own. Uh, broker carrier agreement now it's called a continuing contract because each time that carrier moves a load for you they will receive the carrier load confirmation all the details for the load including 
financials, what you're going to pay them. And that low confirmation, that carrier low confirmation, is going to become part of that broker-carrier agreement or continuing contract. See what I mean? But anyway, uh, carrier packet is going to be your broker-carrier agreement, copy of your authority, your bond. And I always include a blank W-9. That's, that's not so much critical anymore. Uh, we used to do it when it, we, we were faxing everything back and forth. Because it never, never failed that a trucking company would forget to send their W-9. So we'd add a W-9 to the package to kind of remind them, hey, you've got to send us your W-9. Today it's all pre-packaged. You just attach it to an email and it's gone. Now, again, you can put other documents in there. If you're doing quick pay, you may want information in there for that. If you're doing direct deposit, information for that. I know a lot of brokers will include a form for the carrier to fill out, a profile form, basically, you know, who they are, where they're at, blah, 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 trucks, equipment. Is that really necessary? Nah, it's up to you. But the main things that are going to be in your carrier packet, the broker-carrier agreement, copy of your authority, your licensed operator's broker, your bond, your property broker surety bond, $75,000 bond, and a blank W-9. Again, that's optional. Do not send the carrier your insurance paper, the Accord, A-C-O-R-D, probably what you're going to be using as proof of insurance. Carriers have it. You'll have it if you have insurance. We don't want the carrier the carrier doesn't need to know what insurance you have because if there's a claim, it should be filed under their insurance, not yours. That's why I said earlier, contingent cargo, contingent auto liability, Arizona missions, that's a whole different animal. Arizona missions is there to protect you should you screw up the paperwork. What I'm getting at, maybe the load needed to be tarped. You forgot to tell the truck, put it on the paperwork. The truck didn't tarp it, and now the load was refused or ruined because you forgot to tell the truck to tarp it. Guess who gets to buy that? That's what Arizona Missions is for. When you omit something or have an error, you know, when you're uh, in the process of working with the load. Anyway, that's that. Dan, I hope that helps you out. If you need more information, feel free to call me. Contact us at Tautoa. We're here to help. Matter of fact, Tautoa, if you didn't already know, we are a transportation and logistics consulting and training firm. Emphasis more on consulting. Well, we train too. All of our packages, if you go to our website, you'll see their consulting packages that include in-depth training. Now, that training we're going to cover everything. You know, it doesn't matter which package you choose. We have several different packages available to you. It doesn't matter what package you choose. Uh, the training is going to be the same. We're going to go through uh, the essential day-to-day -day operational training as far as how to prospect, how to find customers, how to make your sales calls, what to say, how to respond, how to calculate rates, negotiate, how to find trucks. Everything from getting the load all the way through delivery of the load, including legal and contracts. We're going to cover all that for you. We have packages there for those of you that are thinking about uh, starting your own freight brokerage that are designed just for you. And we have packages for those of you that are maybe wanting to enter the industry as an agent 
And if you've watched any of our videos in the past, you know uh, that's pretty much what we recommend you do. Start out as an agent. That's going to give you the opportunity to gain experience, start building a customer base. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to build a broker business. You got to give yourself time to be successful. But you may be asking, well, okay, that's great. You're going to teach us, but how do we get a contract? How do we get a job? Well, as a freight broker agent, you are an independent contractor, meaning you are your own business. You are just contracting to an existing broker to work under their license. So you can broker legally. The way you get paid is, well, you get paid a commission on the profit of the load. We call it the load net. The profit on the load, for instance, a customer agreed to pay you, I don't know, $2,000 to move a load from point A to point B. Through your efforts, you obtained a truck and you negotiated with that carrier, and they agreed to move the load for you for, I don't know, $1,500. So your customer's paying you $2,000, you're paying the truck $1,500. The profit on that load, or the load net, it's going to be $500. You'll make a commission out of that $500. Standard average commission for a agent, 60%. That's pretty average. 60% to you. So out of that $500, you would earn $300 commission. They cracked me up the other day. Somebody didn't think it was right that an agent <laughs> that only make 60%. They thought they should make the whole 100%. Yeah, that'd be nice, but uh, <laughs> the, the broker's paying for everything. They're, they're billing the customer, doing all the administrative, paying the truck, paying for you know pretty much everything to operate to provide you the opportunity to be able to work. They didn't think that was fair. Each their own, right? <laughs> anyway, now if you are a freight, you're starting a freight brokerage. Maybe you got one going. Maybe you want to get training as well. Yeah, we have packages that include our standard 12-month consulting period. Okay, so you can look those over. They include the training as well. Now, something else with all of our packages. Once you complete your essential training, you can enter our what we call it. We call it the TMP, Tatoa Mentorship Program. That's where you can begin your broker operation as an agent through us under a licensed broker. The licensed broker is our sister company, Tatoa Logistics. That gives you the opportunity to begin your broker operation, start getting the experience, start building a customer base. And uh, with that, too, you're also getting the consulting during that mentorship program. The basic is a three-month mentorship followed by three months consulting. Now, what I mean by that, and this is for all of our packages. The mentorship program, you can be in the mentorship program and the basic package for up to three months. You don't have to be in it a total of three months, just up to. At the end of that three-month period or any time before that, if you decide to go out on your own, that's when your consulting period starts. The mentorship program ends and your consulting begins. But you still have consulting during that mentorship program. That makes sense. Now, the consulting during the mentorship program is just like the consulting post-mentorship program. 
You know, we're overseeing everything you do, holding your hand, so to speak. Here to answer questions, make recommendations, conference calls, consult calls, whatever you might need. Making sure you are dotting your I's, crossing your T's, checking and double-checking, helping you get the ball rolling, so to speak. Now, understand you are an independent contractor, even in the mentorship program. It's your business. The mentorship program is providing you the opportunity to be in your broker operation so you don't have to go out here and find a broker to contract to. Because you're going to find, even if you get training, be it from us or anybody else, brokers are going to want you to have experience, bottom line. Experience and a book of business. That's what the mentorship program allows you to do. allows you to gain experience and build that book of business. And I always tell all of the clients, you know, don't expect to, you know, your focus has to be on building the customer base. Take advantage of that while you're in the mentorship program. Hey, if you move some loads along the way, fantastic. You're making money. But your focus has to be on building that customer base. All right. Now, in the mentorship program, <coughs> yeah, you've got overhead. Uh, starting out, you're probably looking at your, uh, under $30 a month overhead. That would be for a load board. Okay, and it goes up from there. Matter of fact, uh, our recommendation is, you know, start out with low overhead because you're going to pay for it. It takes time. And as you move up, yeah, you, you can take the next step, you know, a little bit more overhead, things like that to build your business. But we go over that with you in training. Again, check out our website, taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. Uh, look, our package is over. If you've got a question about any of those, feel free to call me, 479-668-0838. All right, Q&A day continues. Sean sent us a question or an idea. He says, I have been contemplating becoming a broker for a number of months now. I am in a situation where the company that I work for is always using a broker to book LTL flatbed and hotshot loads. The main broker we are using is getting to the age they are going to be retiring in the near future. I feel like I built a bit of a base booking loads for our company. Which usually amounts to two or three a week as I continue to work here and start building a client base and work out from there. All right, so far so good, Sean. I like your idea. Doable. The goal is to eventually move into a full-time business gradually while gaining experience working with carriers. All right, that's exactly what we recommend. Start out as an agent, work your way up. I'd like to continue to work with hotshot and flatbed loads due to my familiarity. I am curious if there are a lot of people that, given their situation, follow this plan of not jumping fully in, but working into it gradually, and if it is even a viable business plan. Yes, 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 yes. As a matter of fact, that's what we recommend. We tell all of our clients, don't quit your day job until your broker operation is making you enough money to pay you. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not You're not going to start brokering next week and start making money the week after. See what I mean? It's going to take 
It's going to take, plan on months, three, four, five, six months before you really start developing a sustainable income. I know people don't like to hear that. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, but those are exceptions. Reality, it's going to take you a few months. Bottom line. It's, it's being an independent, independent contractor, it's in your hands. Only you can make that business grow. Only you can build it. You are, it's your business. If you don't do anything, well, it's like, you know, a big truck. Now you can go out here and buy a bright and shiny new big truck. Like we talked about the other day, used for over $100,000. <laughs> but, uh, hey, if it sits in the front yard, it never moves. It's not making money. Yeah, you get a nice, pretty truck, but uh, unless it's working, it's not making money. Same thing with a broker. If you're not, if you're not working it, and I tell you, it's going to feel like you're in a hamster cage. You know that wheel, and it's going to feel like you're just running, 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 not getting anywhere quick in the beginning. It just feels like everything you're doing. It just, and it it can be. Discouraging, depressing, but you got to keep on keeping on, bottom line. you got to keep on moving forward because everything you do today, you may not see the payoff for several weeks or months down the road. It all starts with that first phone call. you got to build a relationship. You're not only building relationships with your customers, but carriers as well. A term you will come to know in the uh, freight brokerage industry is carrier following. That's important. Uh, you know, you know, as a freight broker, you actually have two customers. One, one is the one that's paying you. <laughs> the other is really a vendor. Uh, but you got to have both of those to be able to make a dollar. See what I mean? I'm talking about your customer that has freight to ship and the trucking company. So you want a good customer base, but you also want a carrier following. That carrier following is important. If you can't get trucks, you're out of you're out of booze. And when you're first starting out, you're going to find getting loads is pretty easy if you're making the calls. If you're making the sales calls, you're going to be able to set up customers, and you should be able to get loads pretty easy. That's not a difficult thing to do. Not a difficult thing to do at all. If you do it. Trucks, on the other hand, yeah, that takes a little bit of time. You know, you're going to have to hustle it. You know, get on the phone, stay on the phone, trying to find a truck to move a load. I mean, it just takes time. But uh, originally, you got to build up that customer base because you need a quantity of customers to have a quantity of loads so you can start focusing on what makes you money. Anyway, we go over all that in training. All right. But just understand, it takes time. And that's why we recommend to people, don't. You know, unless you've got income or money in the bank that can sustain you while you're going through and what we call it a startup period, yeah, keep your job. And, and you, you know, going from what you're saying here, uh, did I get to it? Uh, uh, yeah, where you, you can still keep your job and still work, you know, or, or still, you know, start your brokerage operation. Of course, that's what you want to do. He says, I would have no issues in terms of answering the phone or working on loads as I work in an office and very independently. So, see, so you're already set up. And it sounds like you probably got all the tools you need already. You've got your uh, computer, internet, telephone. You're good to go. Good to go. Uh, Sean, yeah, it sounds like it's a viable business plan. You can do it. Uh, and 
you know, the uh, hot shot, that's a niche market. LTL flatbed, believe it or not, LTL flatbed is somewhat of a niche. Flatbed isn't, but LTL flatbed is. And I understand why you want to work LTL flatbed for a simple reason. It, uh, it, it can do you pretty good, but the problem is LTL flatbed. A lot easier to get full uh, truckloads for a flatbed than, or easier to get a truck for a full truckload flatbed load than a LTL. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, but if you're already working with them, then you're halfway to the uh, party, so go for it. All right, Q&A. Every Saturday morning, FBTV video podcast, more times than not, live streamed on YouTube, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Central Time. All right, what else is up? Let's see. You got a birthday today? Happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Gary Cooper, born on this day, back in 1901. Darren McGavin. He was on Night Stalker. I used to love that show when I was a kid, Night Stalker. He played the uh, newspaper reporter that always investigated or wrote the stories for, well, ghost stories in his newspaper, real life stuff. Well, not real life, but according to the TV show. He'd always find himself in some weird predicament. It was kind of kind of a, a comedy horror type show. Anyway, he was born in the state back in, what, 1922. He was also on Murphy Brown. Johnny U. Johnny Unitas, born on the state back in 1933. What happened today in history? May, May 7th, in 1989, Panama holds a presidential election. Manuel Noriega nullifies it. Nah. <laughs> when his opponent wins, Golly, <laughs> that could never happen here, could it? 1990, the White House puts aside President Bush's pledge against new taxes. Uh-oh, this is what cost him two terms, saying talks to strike a budget deal with Congress would have no preconditions. Remember, he read my lips, no new taxes, and then... Uh, Then uh, he had to say, forget it. They forced him into it. Then it won the re-election. All right, let's go over this real quick. There are some recalls. Like there is pretty much every week. Equipment recalls. What happened to the... What happened to the America... Where things lasted a lifetime. They figured out you didn't make any money building stuff that lasted a lifetime. Anyway, Kenworth, Peterbilt Trucks recalled for steering component issues. Packard is recalling thousands of various Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks. They've discovered an issue with the steering component. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration documents, Packard's recall efforts, or effects rather, more than a dozen models of Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks. It's not something to laugh about, but come on. Really? Wait, wait, till, you, wait till you hear the number of trucks that this has affected. Uh, Peterbilt trucks, Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks with a model year range from 2018 to 2020. 
the Dana D-Series axle steer arm fasteners that attach the steering arm to the steering knuckle might fail. Don't that just warm your heart? Yeah, fastener failure can result in a loss of steering control, increasing the risk. Uh, it says increasing the risk of crash or injury. Uh, I'm sorry, but if uh, you know you lose steering control, it pretty much guarantees a crash or possible injury. Okay, here's the number. You want to know how many number of these trucks are affected? 18,000. 18,000. Almost 18,000 trucks are part of the recall. All model years 2018 to 2020. Unless otherwise noted, Kenworth, I'll go down these lists, and it's a long one, so sit back. Grab your cup of coffee. Kenworth T270, 370, 440, 476, 60, 2018 and 2019 only. T680, 800, 880, W900, W990. Peterbilt, 330, 337, 348, 365, 367, 389, <laughs> Packard said it would notify truck owners around, <laughs> you know it, two months from now, June 24th. In the meantime, Kenworth owners can contact customer service at 452-828-5888. Recall number 22. We screwed up. No, 22KWB. <laughs> Peterbilt owners can call 940-591-4220. Recall number 22PBB. The NHTSA's number for this recall is 22V-277. Although nearly 18,000 trucks are potentially affected by the recall, PACCAR estimates, they estimate, only 1% of those trucks have this defect. But still, man, you're, you don't know if you're, you're playing Russian roulette with a big truck. Come on. Oh, this is beautiful. Packard first received notice of the defect back in August of 2020. Packard and Dana issued regular updates to NHTSA while investigating the issue, including more than 150 inspection. A recall was deemed necessary last month. Missed the old days. I've told you about this. I had an office a while back. And that office had a 50-year-old Tappan air conditioner out back. Tappan. Still worked. Now you have to come out and be serviced pretty regular, but still ticking. Still going. 50-year-old Tappan. You're not going to find that today. Yeah, my house, uh, I think we got 12, 13, maybe 14 years out of that one. Unbelievable. All right, what else have we got going on? You know, I have not been marking stuff off here, and I should be. Got the mug. Oh, here's something you might want to know. Saved by the Bell. Remember that old TV show? Yeah, I never got into it. I know kids did, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. I was at that age where, <laughs> that's silly. <laughs> you know, but... Anyway, they, they did the reboot here a couple of years ago. It's over again. No more Saved by the Bell. 
According to a new study, now you're going to love this. I got, a, I got a story that goes along with this. According to a new study, of all that plastic we recycle, only 5% actually gets reused. 85% of it ends up in landfills. All that recycling. In my town here in Fort Smith, this was a big to-do. <laughs> they give you the regular trash can, then they gave you the recycle cans. And so people are going through the, you know, separating their garbage. Recyclable and trash. They'd roll both cans out. The brown one was the recyclable, recyclables. The blue one, the trash. So the recycle truck would come by. They emptied it. This went on for a long time. Everybody thought, hey, great, you know, they felt good about themselves. I'm recycling. Come to find out, they were taking all that recyclable <laughs> trash to the landfill because they didn't have anybody to buy it off of off of them. They, you know, so for, I don't know how long, months, a couple of years that went on, they finally got busted for doing it. <laughs> I don't know. It's anyway Kentucky Derby's today you got money out on it you're going to be betting some money Zendon if I'm pronouncing that right he seems to be the favorite so we'll find out we'll know that in a little while Michigan now this is in Michigan a man was arrested after setting up a vending machine at his house that sold dope marijuana <laughs> had it set up until he was shut down the guy says he was making a couple of thousand dollars a day been doing it for about four years That, oh well. All right. Anything else we should, uh, yeah, probably want to know this. I don't understand this. And if you're a, a DC out uh, there in Washington, DC, uh, you know, well, you'll understand if, if I'm a taxpayer in Washington, DC, I would be pretty ticked off. D.C. police racked up $11.6 in overtime during the month of the trucker convoy. D.C. police racked up $11.6 in overtime cost in just one month in response to the presence of the People's Convoy. Well, get ready. They're coming back. Civil disturbance units were deployed by police in Washington, D.C. area beginning February 22nd and lasted through the end of March. Uh, Fox News uh, 5, Fox 5 News reports that this cost the department 11.6 million versus less than 3.2 uh, million in overtime during the same period in 2021. Officials are still working to calculate the total cost of the multiple weeks of trucker protest as the 11.6 million covers only overtime costs for that time period. I'm sorry, I kept up with this on YouTube. All they did unless I missed something, they were parked in Maryland and uh, they do a couple of laps around the Beltway, then go back to Maryland. Now, maybe I missed something. But that's what surprised me. It seemed like they, you know, they had a great trip out, you know, the 10, 11, 12 days, however long it took. And I thought, hey, this is cool. They got it together. And it's like they got out to Maryland. They got there and it was like, okay, what do we do now? And the best thing they could come up with is 
do a couple of laps around the Beltway. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, I was all for the People's Convoy. Still am. Not so much about the COVID thing, but there are other things that are worth bringing to everybody's attention. It's politicians, anyway. Fuel prices, eh? The stupid speed limiter that they're doing a study on. They don't make any sense. Anyway, is what it is. All right. Uh, told you this. We talked about it Wednesday. We talked about it, and we're going to be talking about it until it happens. 72-hour road check coming up May 17th. Matter of fact, last week, law enforcement agencies across the country participated in a surprise bake Bake, bake sale, break safety enforcement effort. Here's what you got to look forward to. The uh, 72-hour road check, May 17th through 19th. Good time to stay home. 72-hour event is the largest targeted enforcement program on CMVs, commercial vehicles, commercial motor vehicles in the world. With nearly 15 trucks or buses inspected on average every minute across America, North America. All right, then we got July 10th through 16th. Operation Safe Driver Week is scheduled. During this uh, event, this enforcement effort, officers throughout North America, they're going to be on the lookout. Bolo, be on the lookout. For commercial motor vehicles, uh, drivers and passenger vehicle drivers engaging in risky driving behaviors. You know, you can't go out anymore. It's like uh, a lot of these people take a stupid pill before they get behind the wheel. Uh, the other day, there's a guy, you know, going down the interstate. We knew he was texting just the way he was driving. You know, over the... Straighten up and over and straighten up. Okay, and then uh, for July, August 21st through 27th, the Break Safety Week is scheduled. This is the official Break Safety Week, not the surprise Break Safety Enforcement effort conducted last week. During this campaign, commercial motor vehicle inspectors conduct brake system inspections. Say that three times real quick. On large trucks and buses throughout North America to identify brake system violations. All right. I think we are up to date. Are we? I believe so. Anything going on this weekend? Uh, Yeah. Matter of fact, tomorrow. Mother's Day, right? Is May 8th Mother's Day this year? Why am I, uh... Hold on, I gotta... I guess so. Yes, it is. What is wrong with me? All right, Mother's Day is tomorrow. So don't forget to call your mom and say Happy Mother's Day. But also, if you're in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, it's a Make-A-Wish Mother's Day convoy. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be happening tomorrow. All right. Very good. I hope uh, hope you have a great weekend and a great Mother's Day if you are a mother. And if not, make sure you call your mom. All right. You'll be glad you did.
Wish her a happy Mother's Day. Get her something nice. But have a great weekend. Unless, uh, of course, you made other plans. We will talk soon. See ya. <music>